One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night Pre-Party. I love Umbrella Academy so, so much. And Ritu Aria, see, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. When you popped on screen in that show in season two, it was just so electric, sent the energy through the roof. And seeing that character evolve throughout season three has been one of the biggest treats of the whole series thus far. Swear I'm not just saying it because you're on the show. Huge congratulations. That's so lovely. Thank you so much. I mean it. So the whole point of Ladies Night Pre-Party is that we get to learn a little more about you. And we always start every episode here. What is the movie, the performance, personal experience, you name it, that first made you say, I have to be an actor? The first movie, um, I think, was uh, a movie called Dilwale Dhaniyale Jenge with Shah Rukh Khan and Kajol and it's a Bollywood movie and we played it all the time when I was little it's sort of uh up there it's one of my top favorite films and I just was in love with this movie and Shah Rukh Khan is my just absolute idol um so I think I just thought how how do I do that what they're doing you know <laughs> all right so you have that question what is the the first answer to that question you came up with? And then looking back, was that the right answer at the time? Did your first step kind of put you on the right path? Um, I think I asked my mom if I could go to like a Saturday acting school, like a drama class. And so she found what was the nearest one. I think it's called like Sunshine Saturday morning or something. And I hated it because there was a lot of musical theater and I felt really shy about singing. And um, so it wasn't my thing. So I think I kind of put um, things on a back burner with that. And I started doing dance routines instead with my cousins. Most weekends they would come over and we would just like make dance routines to like Spice Girls and um, Bewitched. Do you remember Bewitched? (laughs) Wait, oh, I do remember Bewitched. Oh my God, what was their what was their really popular song called? Say la vie. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So right. I mean, every now and then we'll like we we'll like bust it out at 
like family parties and stuff and then the, the next day I'm like why did we do that um so that and then we would do like uh comedy sketches and and things like that so I think I was always performing um as a little kid just for fun with friends and cousins and stuff so now correct me if I'm wrong on any of this but then you went to school and got a degree in astrophysics why why that first and not a degree in in drama well I was quite studious and I really enjoyed uh learning and I was into I was so curious about space I mean I still am and just wanting to know why everything is the way it is scientifically um and so I yeah I just wasn't done learning and I knew that this is something that I'm never going to do again I knew I was going to going well you know try and become an actor you don't know how it's going to end up you just have a passion at the time and you're just like let's see how this goes I was uh yeah I I was still acting whilst I was doing the degree I think I chose Southampton University because they have the Nuffield Theatre on the campus and so that was a big reason why I wanted to go to that uni. And every summer we were going to Edinburgh Fringe Festival and um, I was either directing or doing comedy or performing um, <laughs> a play. I think it's called Lords and Ladies. It was a Terry Pratchett play. We did it at the sea venues and I played like Elf number two. And I had the best time ever. I think I had one line or two lines. Um, but I took it very seriously. Like I was like, no, I'm a, I'm a real actor. And I think you should, like, there's no small part. I had an amazing time. Um, and yeah. And then I went and I kind of, you know, my parents were a bit, uh, hesitant about, um, acting. We hadn't had anyone go into the arts in the family yet. And, um, they've always been re really supportive and, I've also kind of always done my own thing anyway. So I think part of me was like, I love this. I love learning, but also, hey, um, they that must have pleased them as well. Um, and I was like, then I can go to drum school afterwards. Um, and yeah, I always got their support with that too. So. so the interest in going to drama school after never wavered. You never considered, I will now take this degree and find a career within... Mm -hmm that particular profession yeah I mean I think if you are I I sometimes I think I thought why didn't I just go to drama school if I knew I was going to do that but I don't know it just felt right at the time I really wanted to study physics I was just like super into it I was still doing acting I didn't feel like I wanted acting to be like a career yet or like work yet it was just for fun um so no regrets I had the best time so do you remember the first moment where that kind of switched, where acting became not something you wanted to do just for fun, but like you knew it had to be the career and that was the only path forward for you? Yeah, it was my last term at uni and I really found it hard to concentrate because I was so excited, I think, to uh, start applying to drama schools. Um and, you know, I know you don't have to go to drama school to be an incredible actor. Like, I know so many actors that didn't do that. And I, I think, you know, it was just my journey, I think, because I didn't know any other way. I just had heard of that. Um, but yeah, I found it, I found it quite hard to study in that last term. Um, 
because I was just like getting a bit angsty to to get the ball rolling, you know. I get that. I always love asking this question to anyone who has gone to drama school. Is there anything about having studied at Oxford that when you hit your first professional set, you found invaluable, a tool you actually gained from school that you put to use? But then on the other hand, is there anything that all the schooling in the world could never have prepared you for when you first started working? Yeah, something. I mean, I use a lot of the stuff that I learned from drama school. There are so many tools that I used to this day, whether I was doing children's theatre at the beginning of my career or, you know, big Hollywood movies now, like I still have quite a similar um, like detective investigative process for character, um, which I love and enjoy, which is, you know, studying and researching your character and figuring out your beats and your intentions. And so I, I, I love all that. Um, and so yeah tons of stuff that I still use and things that I wouldn't be able to um have planned for <laughs> also so much stuff <laughs> I mean what's coming into my head is the dealing with the rejection um I found it very difficult for the first few years maybe the first five years actually I hadn't like I didn't have like a good thing in place. So I took it very badly. It made me very miserable. I spent a lot of time just in bed crying, like not knowing why or how I would continue with this career because I just took it very personally. And it's too long to be moping around over something that is out of your control. So, um, yeah, I think that I, there's not there's nothing you can do to prepare for the rejection other than like just know it's going to happen, know it's not personal, do your best work, have something in place that you can do after an audition or even another thing for me, another thing that you love as much um or not even as much but you know, I feel like it helped me a lot. Um, playing music because it just gave me perspective that it's just like another creative outlet that I was able to you know channel and uh, it made me less like intense about acting and getting roles and things I was like oh actually I'm really enjoying my life and doing this and I'm getting good at this and then I think that gave me perspective anyway I'm on a run well, I want to dig into that a little bit more. So you have the the music that helps you out there. But when you go through all that rejection, what is the key to, I guess, not getting dejected and not losing faith in your own ability as an actor? What was your lifeline that ultimately pulled you out of all that rejection? I think it was like this one time I was like with my mom and something just clicked. I think she had some like some like meditative like music on and it was like I think I fell asleep like in the lounge in like the living room or something during the day which had been a long time since doing that because I just was tense all the time and I fell asleep and something just clicked of like letting go that sounds really airy fairy but I don't know what it was it just made me think 
stop trying so hard, stop trying to will something. And I let it go. And then that was something, but something that I think is more useful actually, because um, was me meditating helped a lot. I've heard that I've heard that often and I've told myself I need to try to meditate. I've downloaded the Calm app, but I've yet to get myself into that habit. Oh my gosh, it's like my medicine. One day I'm actually going to commit to it and fully use it. So you get out of that phase and you book a really great opportunity in doctors. With that one, I am curious though, because I was looking it up and you're on an episode in 2013, but then you didn't get your bigger role until 2017. So is that the kind of situation where they remember you from 2013 and say, let's bring you back for this bigger role? Or was it total chance? I think, I don't think anyone remembered me from that first episode and I'm mortified if I ever saw it again. I was... (laughs) very I don't know what it was and um yeah and then the opportunity came to to do it again and you know I didn't have that much experience still on um screen and I really wanted some and I know that a lot of people you know have found it like so I know so many actors that did doctors and I think it was sort of um two or three maybe three months that I would get to you know work on this set as this recurring role and I was so down and I learned so much and the cast was unbelievable there were different kinds of directors so many different personalities very and a very quick turnaround and it felt like a another you know time at school like more like training and I think that the training never stops you know and something I really wanted to do was like feel can I can I do screen stuff do I enjoy it can I relax into it um and so that helped me a lot doing that job so did you originally envision a career for yourself on the stage and not screen you know I I just felt like if I get to get paid to act is my dream come true and I never thought about being on screen no I just I'd only known theater really I don't know why which is weird when I you know it all started from my love for Charlotte Khan. <laughs> but I think I just, I didn't think too much about it other than I just want to act. And so I don't know if that's useful. That's just where I was at the time. And so I was like auditioning for anything and everything that my agent was kind of putting me up for. And uh, I love theatre and I loved doing theatre. And um, so I had so much fun in every every play I did and learned a lot each time and I would get a few bits and bobs with screen um but there wasn't really a game plan it was just if I can get paid to do this I'm just I'm very happy this is very, very understandable. Yeah. So you start booking some screen opportunities. Is there anything about what it meant to act for the camera instead that you found surprisingly creatively fulfilling? Yeah, I really loved how intimate you can be. And I also really loved that you could do all this work and then on the day, drop it and then have that moment and then you don't come back to it again. I find it really thrilling. I can understand that. All right, let's take the leap into Umbrella now. I want to start at the beginning of that. 
What would you say is the biggest difference between your expectations for the role of Lila when you are first auditioning for the part and how far she's come since? Oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't have any idea when I auditioned. It was just one scene I think they'd written for the audition purpose. And uh, she was just really, really cool. Um, like manipulative and funny and mischievous and kind of aloof which felt powerful and so I just really wanted to play her and I thought she was just in one episode I think there was maybe one other scene that they'd given so I think it was two scenes and I was like I so badly want this and um then they said I had a meeting with the showrunner and he was sort of like you're gonna love it here I really hope you uh you know accept or like you know come want to work with us and stuff and I was just like whoa okay um did and then he said oh also you know she has superpowers and she's going to be in all the episodes and I was just like <laughs> I, I think I actually stopped speaking I don't think I've ever been speechless before I think I just went <laughs> <laughs> and then after so I was like oh Ritu why would you do that you could have said something cool. um yeah so that was lo- like a really really cool moment I get it. I get it. It was hugely popular show. And again, I'm I'm obsessed with this particular character. It's just so many exciting creative possibilities with her. So you book the role, you're really excited. I still have to imagine that it's got to be kind of intimidating stepping onto a set with a whole bunch of people who have worked together and established a rhythm for an entire season. So stepping onto the set of season two, was there anyone in particular that you would look to, to, you know, get a sense of how to carry yourself and how things operated no I definitely did my own thing um what's that phrase to go uh, dancing to your, the beat of your own drum Dino. march march to the beat of your own drum. yeah I think it was like that but also kind of her character so I I definitely felt like a bit of a loner <laughs> but I just used it for my own enjoyment you know, and, and power. And I had a great time working with David Castaneda. Uh, that season, we had so much stuff. And, um, but yeah, I kind of just, I think I did my own thing, but it was easy to because they were so welcoming. Everyone on set, like the cast, the crew, the directors, I think on the first day, Steve and Jeff, the, you know, Jeff uh, King, the producer, um, at the time he they they really encouraged and created a very playful um atmosphere and so i felt yeah really welcome from day one your rhythm with david is is like impeccable does something like that happen the second you start working with him or is that something you have to feel out i don't know i feel like sometimes it can be you know easy with people and sometimes you have to do a bit more work um we had we had a couple weeks of rehearsals um I think we were in Toronto because we had like a read through of some episodes beforehand so you know I think we went for like a coffee here and there and like ran the lines and got to know each other a bit and that helped tremendously before the first day um but also I just think he's so easy to work with and really um generous and uh works hard so it was uh yeah just 
luck really to to click with him so much what about some of your one-liners was because that's like another thing that it feels like it's so heavily reliant on you to deliver those pitch perfectly or they do not work so over the course of the last two seasons is there any particular one that I don't know it was a, a tough time figuring out exactly how to deliver it where it played the way it needed to where it was funny but it also felt natural within the moment that's a really interesting question. I feel like I can end up putting a lot of pressure on myself when I know a line's funny and how do I try and not be funny with it, you know? Um, so <laughs> I'll have like all these like, think, all these ideas and then it's just about dropping it on the day. Um, like I was surprised, I'm always surprised what take they use because I'll try stuff and the it's yeah it's fascinating um there was a line season two something about milk why does how does yogurt know how to spring milk or something and um and i thought that was like quite a funny line and then on the day it became like i don't know she it was like a sad moment where she became more vulnerable and so that was interesting because i hadn't thought about that being delivered in in that kind of emotion until in that moment and that can always be very exciting when you just find things in a present moment oh i live for that (laughs) feels so good you you really do nail them all they are all very effective i knew that lila was going to be one of my favorite characters i think it, it was like the very beginning of season two and and like you two are hiding and it's a really tense moment but then you say your fly is down and i'm like oh like you are funny i like you and <laughs> i'm going to vibe with the character yeah that was really fun yeah so she's got a whole bunch of one-liners but She's also like so highly manipulative and impulsive. So over the course of these two seasons, is there anything you look at, like, I guess a grounding factor for her where no matter what she's doing or what decision she's making, you know, you could always turn to that particular quality. So you know for yourself that it is based in her truth. Actually, yeah. I think sometimes before I take the impulsive thing, so I might just do something unexpected for myself, whether that's like a weird move or saying something, not for anyone else, just for myself, I think can get me into her like unpredictable world, which I didn't really, I don't think I've thought about before you asking me that, that I do that. It's it's really something else. It, she's a character who keeps me on my toes, but the foundation has always been there. So I always believe in everything she does, which I feel like is a very difficult balance to achieve with a character like that. Oh, thank you. I think it's the only thing that's important, really, at the end of the day, is just trying to find the truth. It's like we can get really offended. I I think it's like the only kind of art where we feel like offended if a character isn't truthful enough for us. It's like, if you experience that, that's not how I... I would never act that way. And we can like, yeah, like really like personally affected when we see something that doesn't feel like it rings true to us. So I feel like authenticity is uh, something that is the most important thing for me. Well, actually, here's a good follow-up to that. I'm not sure if this ever happened on Umbrella Academy, but have you ever encountered a story beat for Lila where you know, the the truth in the moment for her wasn't super evident when you initially read it and you had to kind of either talk it through with the writers or think it through more thoroughly for yourself in order to really be able to process the moment. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, an example being, uh, is it a spoiler if I say something about season two, season three? We can put that spoiler warning up right now. There will be a pretty banner on the spoiler, screen. And you're, spoiler alert. You are officially allowed to talk about whatever you want starting now. Um, so there was the uh, scene where Lila and Five meet for the first time in season three. And when I got the script through, it was, um, you know, they just sort of had this conversation. And it's always so well written. But I just thought, oh, like this is hard for me because I really went in there with the hate at the end of season 10, um, 10 episode 10 of the last season, uh, that I feel like that hasn't been resolved yet. And it was niggling at me. So I suggested to Steve, like, could we have a fight there? Um, because there's something that will one create a bigger journey for them and two like she's still in that place and also it's kind of more Lila and he loved that idea and like wrote something really cool in it um so that's an example but lots of lots of things but also I feel like I try my best to not do that it's only maybe with Steve because he's so collaborative um and encouraging about that stuff but you know there are other writers and directors that aren't and I love that too. I'll just make it work. That's the job of an actor, I think. So if you think, oh, my character wouldn't say that, I was like, well, no, it would. We could say anything. Like me as myself, I could do something unexpected. And someone else might be like, well, that's not very much like what Ritu would normally do. And it's like, well, that's what I'm doing now. Like we can always tell ourselves with, we act certain ways and we can surprise ourselves too. And I think characters can do that as well if we'll allow it um so yes it's like a, a level of open-mindedness that i feel like you don't hear about too often but it's important mm. so digging into season three now now that the spoiler warning is up was there any particular day of filming on the new season where you were standing on set and you were just looking around and considering what you were doing and thinking to yourself like this is absolutely nuts. I don't know how this is ever going to work. But then you saw the finished product and it all came together especially well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of VFX. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes you feel really stupid doing stuff. And they they are like, we promise you it will look real. Like, please act more scared. This thing that's going to be, you know chasing you or whatever is it's is going to be loud it's going to be big and you're like ah, and there's nothing there where you're like I feel full I'm <laughs> but then you watch it and you're like oh I could have gone even bigger it's even scarier than they said you know so tons of tons of stuff like that but you just trust especially this season I've already done a season that and watched it back and seen they don't leave anyone exposed. I think that they, the editors do such an amazing job of, of bringing the show together. I think that's what makes it a brilliant show that everyone just gives it 110%. Is really good at what they do. And when that happens, I think it's a recipe for something really fun. It's one of my favorite qualities to emphasize on any show or movie out there because yeah. we, all, we all know you, we all know the faces of the show so well, but it's so important to remind everyone that there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that are responsible for bringing it all together. 
Yeah. So getting into what happened to Lila a little in between seasons two and three. So this is one thing that I know we don't really get to see on screen, but just for your own head, did you ever have to consider what it was like for her the moment she found out she was pregnant, what her initial reaction to that was? Yeah. Um, she was like, oh dear. <laughs> I think that's kind of, I mean, in my head, she's found that out before she's dyed her hair blonde and gone to do a gig. Or maybe not because she drinks it. No. Yeah, I think that's what I thought. But, you know, it's a long time ago since since deciding on those things that aren't written, but you kind of create yourself. Um, she was in shock. She was in denial. She was angry. She was scared. And it's all covered up by, I'm just going to go off the rails. I would believe that. Something like that. All right. Jumping to the very end of season three now. So this is the thing I might be overthinking a little bit, but at the very end of uh, the finale episode, Diego says, what are we supposed to do? And Lila replies, live our lives. What What is it like trying to figure out the exact tone for a line like that? So it's the right mixture of, I guess, enthusiasm, uncertainty, and, and confidence in what she's suggesting. Just try them all. <laughs> uh, Feels like a mix of all of them. The director would sell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, no, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a big think about what I think serves the situation or the character or the dynamics um i don't like anything too overly sentimental so i think especially as lila so just try not to overthink it just be in the moment make it about the other person how do you think she feels about the idea of not having any powers at the end of the season is that something she's ready to move on from or is it a situation where she'll eventually come to miss having those abilities hmm interesting one because i thought she would find it really hard but you know there's this thing that her mum wrote her this letter saying we're not like you know normal lives aren't for us or something and you know then five is like oh you really think you're gonna have a nice domestic life and she's like ouch um so i i think she'd quite like to try it she's had all this stuff happen to her that's broken her heart and been really difficult and um that's come with her powers her powers are what made her mum use her and get her own parents killed so i think she might be all right with it i love the idea of watching characters reassess things that they think define them and then they lose them and they realize that there are other things that could define their situation that might be defining them for the better. Oh, yeah, and in real life. Yeah, very true in real life. I need to remind myself of that often. Me too. Um, before I let you go, I have to ask about an upcoming project because I am very excited about this Barbie movie. You could not be working with a better team of people on that film. I know. I can't believe, I can't believe I got to work with them. <laughs> I don't know what you're allowed to tell us about in, like actual things that happen in the movie. So I'll throw this one that you might have to deny out first. Are you able to tell us anything about who you're playing? Deny. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything, but all I can say is 
Greta Gerwig is amazing. Margot Robbie is amazing. Uh, I had the best time. And I'm so just grateful to be part of this, like, insanely cool project. Here's one that I think you might be able to answer. What is it like working on a Lucky Chap set with Margot Robbie producing? Is there anything about a, the way that a set like that is run and the environment that she and her team creates that is specific to that movie that you really appreciated? Yeah, it felt like a, a really wonderful atmosphere. Um, and that's, you know, I guess down to them. Felt uh, easy and playful and supportive and light um like no hierarchy just people having fun and doing art um yeah it was i think testament to them really really beautiful experience i love to hear it i really believe in that team so so much so i cannot wait to see how that one turns out I'm going to let you go now, but I will say a big, big thank you for your time. And also huge congratulations on everything you've accomplished, but in particular, what you've done on Umbrella Academy, because I mean it, Lila Pops big time. You should be very proud of your work. Thank you so much. That's so lovely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.